welcome back to Lead Like a Human, the latest season of Insights, an original series by Amplify. I'm Nicole McLean, and today we're continuing our journey into Adam Weber's newest book, Lead Like a Human, which is now an Amazon bestseller and also available on Target, Walmart, and Barnes & Noble. We're in the homestretch of our step-by-step breakdown of becoming a more human leader. Today, we're talking about creating a culture of continual improvement. Along the way, we'll hear from Jason Troy, a chief people officer who works with teams all around the world on leadership and management training. Now, I'm sure you've heard the story of Thomas Edison and the invention of the light bulb. You know, how he tried thousands of times to get it right and failed before finally finding the right material to use for the filament? What most people don't know is that the final product actually wasn't the first time that he and his lab team got a light bulb to work. But previous successes burnt out in just a few short hours. And so it was back to work and took months of testing to get it right. If I can lean into this example just a bit further, here's what I pull from it. Edison and his team seemingly operated in a culture of continuous improvement. They weren't satisfied with just a few hours of light, and despite multiple failures, they consistently drove to do more. This piece of the light bulb story illuminates, sorry, just had to, what creating a culture of continual improvement is all about. So before we meet Jason, Let's get really clear about this episode's theme of continual improvement. This term may seem self-explanatory, yet what exactly are you improving? Well, in a word, yourself. Continual improvement is the consistent pursuit of self-development. In a workforce, this focus on personal development drives radical growth and innovation for the business. In step four, we talked about how setting goals can motivate and energize your teams. So what happens when you achieve that goal? Well, in a culture of continual improvement, you set a new one. And this constant forward motion leads to engagement as people dedicate their discretionary effort to improving themselves and in return, your business. So how do you implement this in your organization, this culture of continual improvement? Well, you might be surprised to find that it starts with you, the leader. Oh, wait, you're not surprised? (laughs) Well, good. That means that you've been paying attention. Growth on your teams starts with growth for yourself, and this requires an incredible amount of vulnerability. I think ultimately that stems from an outdated view of leadership, uh, where we try to project and protect, like this kind of uh, puff out the chest and say, I have it all figured out. I have all the answers. But what it actually does, instead of instilling confidence in your employees, is it actually creates distance from those you need to hear from the most. They feel shut off because of that projection that you show to them. As a manager, you're often like, gosh, if, if, if my team finds out or if my boss finds out that I don't have all the answers myself, they'll realize that I'm a fraud. <laughs> and we all have this imposter syndrome that's a constant narrative that's running in the back of our mind. And there is maturity as a leader in realizing that this is everyone, that it's not just you, and that you actually grow by naming your gaps to your team. And trust me, your team already knows what your gaps are. (laughs) What they haven't seen is that alignment between you and them acknowledging those gaps. Adam makes a good point here. Your team probably already knows what your personal gaps are. But by owning them and showing how you are committed to improving them, 
you actually create psychological safety within your team. Now, you've heard me use this term before, but as a reminder, psychological safety is the sense that the people on your team can bring their whole selves to work without fear of negative consequences. This not only increases engagement, but it gives your people permission to work on themselves. When you're open about your own development, you create common ground. Your team will likely be more open to direct feedback from you because they know that you're both aiming for improvement. One of the best ways to create this direct feedback is establishing consistent and steady rhythms for it. The one-on-ones now are, are extremely critical, especially being in a remote environment. And I think you have to structure them differently. You have to have one where you're giving them feedback you know, on their career at least once every eight weeks on what they have to do. I think you have to look at skill sets and functions, you want them to build out quarterly and have a plan and be meeting with them inside of it. And I think you have to take a look and start to see where they need to be with their next position and positions after that and what tracks and what opportunities can you give them before they're ready and give them work to try. And they're going to fail, but you need to help them move forward. Jason touches on some great insights here, and I want to hone in on two things. One, give them opportunities before they're ready. And two, allow them to fail while moving forward. This goes back to Thomas Edison and his team. The fact that failure is a crucial element for continual improvement. As you build these relationships and establish safety and trust with your people, they start to see that failure is not a negative when it propels you forward. There's another key insight here as well. We're not saying it's okay to accept substandard work or lower our expectations of people. We're saying that failure isn't really failure if it helps you improve. There are things each person's going to have to do better. You're going to want to try to stretch certain people and give them opportunities before they're ready. If you look at the research, exposure is the number one way to actually get people to move faster you know, you could think about it in a promotion faster, but I look at it as a performance level of doing more than they're currently doing. They've got to do it and be exposed to it in order to gain that knowledge of it and to be in the seat. The key thing is them being able to share experiences with each other because that's what builds trust. Someone's vulnerable and share things. And I think you can do that in several ways that will help you move it forward. Questions such as, tell me about one lesson you learned this year that's the most important to you and why. If you have one person to thank for becoming the person you are, who is that person and what do they did? Like, What's your biggest setback in the last three years and how did you overcome it? And I think by sharing these things, you bring people together. Trust creates an environment where improvement through failure and growth is possible. It lets people know that progress is the priority, not just the results. And that's where they start to understand that you're not accepting failure. Rather, you're encouraging progress. Another way Adam recommends building this trust is by putting yourself in the shoes of your people. Now, this is more than just a metaphor. He means actually doing their job on a regular basis for at least a day or two. It's all about bridging the gap between what your employees experience every day and what you experience. As a leader, especially when performance is lagging, it's so easy to get disconnected from your employees, begin to judge them, and just wonder like, why won't they just insert fill in the blank, like work harder, do more, do the right thing. 
And the reality, though, is as time passes, there's just a wedge that's created uh, between the leader and the employees. And the leader becomes disconnected from the everyday experience of the employee. And so if you want them to improve, I think as a base level to get them to be receptive to your feedback, there's a question to ask, which is, do you truly understand their world or are you making assumptions about their world? And one of the ways you do that is to make sure that you do their job, like get into their shoes, understand their world, ask questions, be humble, show them that you understand and then that opens up the lines of communication. It, it creates a psychologically safe environment. There it is again, that term, psychological safety. It really is a huge piece of this puzzle that we're putting together on what it means to lead like a human, especially when we're talking about continual improvement. If you're building a high-performing team, there can't be a culture of status quo. Your teams are never static. They're either getting better or getting worse. Which one do you want? I have this fundamental belief that to create high-performance teams, the people on your team have to get better. <laughs> and the way for them to get better is through continual improvement. I mean, it makes sense, right? Like the team as you have it now is not a static thing. It is a living, breathing organism. And for them to accomplish all that they're capable of, they all need to be committed to improvement. And so, and, and that's just a fundamental belief I have that things aren't static. Things are either getting better or they're getting worse. And the way to make sure that things are getting better is to create a team that has that mindset. And candidly, for a leader, it's not just about instilling that in your own team. It's about instilling it inside of you as well. Like you also, as a leader, have to be committed to improving. That, my friends, is another mic drop. The way to create cultures of continual improvement is to create that same mindset in yourself. By showcasing your commitment and demonstrating that to the team, you'll be well on your way. Now, there are even more tactical insights on this topic from the book that we just couldn't fit in this episode, like breaking down how to run a successful one-on-one. -on -one. But I hope that this has shown the importance of intentionally focusing on continual improvement and its impact on your team. So to dive even deeper and get access to those specific tactics, be sure to pick up your copy of Lead Like a Human. All right, we are heading into the final leg of our journey. Next episode, we get into our favorite topic, data. Find out why you need it and what you need from it as we tackle the unknown surrounding engagement in your organization.